and welcome back to Beauty from the Heart. I'm your host, Rose Gallagher, and each week I'm speaking to my favourite people from the beauty industry with positive, inspiring stories to share. Today, I'm joined by the lady behind one of my favourite beauty brands and someone who took the concept of clean beauty and made it luxury and effective. Talking to me down the line, it's Tata Harper. Tata, thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Rose. How are you? This is so fun. Thank you for inviting me. Well, I have to tell you, you've been quite the subject of the group chat today because one of my cousins who he doesn't really use an awful lot of skincare, to be honest with you. Um, He absolutely loves Tata Harper. So I told him I was talking to you today and he was beside himself. Oh, so so sweet. (laughs) I love that um, that guys now are into skincare big time. I think that that's fun. Oh my gosh, definitely. Like I am in lockdown at the moment with my mum and dad and my dad is more into it than me and my mum put together. (laughs) I hear that so much, especially because it's kind of like something that happens silently is we buy the products, we bring them home, they're in the bathroom. And then all of a sudden we notice that they're just getting used at a rapid rapid (laughs) pace. And you're like, wait, am I using this much or who's using my creams? And then (laughs) you realize that it's like your better half, that it's using the other better half of your creams. That's it. They're all in on the fern. How's your lockdown experience been, by the way? Who are you with? And I mean, what does day to day look like at the moment? So I am in my farm in Vermont, which I feel very lucky that, you know, we've had this farm for a long time and that I'm able to come to be in nature during this time. Mm -hmm. I'm here with my three kids and my day to day you know, there's a lot of routine in my day today. We come to our guest house and this is where I work from home and also it's school because I be, I think that it's important to have like designated areas to do different things. So yeah, kind of like, okay, when we're done, we go home, but until you're not finished with your homework and I do my work in this house and then we go home and then we don't talk about any of the stuff anymore. Oh, it's so true. It's good to have those boundaries. Actually, one of the things um, I'd love to ask you about, Tata, speaking of life at home, I remember a few years ago, it was when you launched the Regenerating Serum and you did this lovely pop-up with Cult Beauty and you told us lots about your life growing up and your childhood in Colombia. And I know that beauty had quite a presence in your household. So would you mind to just tell us a little bit about what that was like? Sure. So So I grew up in a coastal town in Colombia called Barranquilla. And uh, it's like similar to like New Orleans here in the U.S. It's coastal. It's very happy. It's warm and humid. We even have a carnival. Like actually in Colombia, I think we have the third largest carnival in the world. And I was the queen of the carnival one year. Amazing. So fun. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's Barranquilla is like the epitomus of Latin culture, you know, like happy, everybody's dancing, there's music everywhere people are friendly it it was a very um idyllic sort of upbringing over there Mm -hmm. you know and also latin woman which is what you were talking about earlier just love beauty so i've always been in this love affair of beauty that started since childhood because my mom and grandmom 
were obsessed with beauty. They were like beauty junkies to the nth degree. To the point that they used to do a lot of spa parties at home growing up. Especially I remember like Saturday mornings in my grandmother's house, we would wake up and we were like mashed avocados and then we'll mix essential oils with olive oil for the hair. And then we would host a lot of our cousins and friends to come and do all these concoctions that we had prepared. And, and it was so nice, you know, to get around together around beauty and around these rituals that replenish us. And I think that that was really key for me growing up, like seeing that beauty wasn't necessarily a chore or an obligation that no one has yeah. time for. It's actually think things that we all enjoy doing and that make us feel better and that make us look better. So it's like win-win. And, uh, and and that has really informed a lot of my approach to beauty. I know that there are lots of people that love their skincare, but I also speak to lots of people that say, oh gosh, you know, how can you be bothered to do all of those steps every night and all of the rest of it? And I'm the same. I always think, but I really enjoy it. It's not a chore. It sets me up for the evening. It gets me ready for bed. Um, And it's just, I think it's such a mindset thing, isn't it, beauty? Whether it is a chore or whether it is just an act of self-care for yourself. Yeah, and and everybody's different. We all need ways to self-soothe, especially now. Yeah. And I think that it's very important if we just see it differently. We could change the chip internally and mentally and just see it as a way of feeling better Uh, and doing something to replenish ourselves. Because I feel that we're always like preoccupied for so many things and so many people, and we're always last in the list. But then we know that even though we're last, there is those moments, right, that happen at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, that really bring us happiness and also bring a lot of comfort. And, uh, And I think that that is very important to have those rituals in your life. Definitely. And I think it's so lovely that you grew up having them enforced as a nice thing and a fun thing and just kind of part of the culture in your house. So I remember you kind of talking about your journey and your family and all of the rest of it. And then you mentioned, unfortunately, that your father, your stepfather, sorry, was diagnosed with cancer and that this really marked the beginning of making a lot of changes for your life and your family. Would you mind to tell us a bit about that time and what you learned? Absolutely. So basically, I grew up always being being a health enthusiast, if there's such a thing, <laughs> you know, like someone that is always interested in health and well-being. And so um, I thought that I thought that I knew it all, you know, like mm-hmm. I knew what to eat, how to live, etc. And then here we are visiting a lot of doctors and a lot of clinics with my stepfather being sick. And I remember that one of the most important things that we talked about was how he lived. Like what happens in his life every day? Tell me about how he eats, uh, what chemicals he gets in touch with. Please bring all of the products that he uses. You know, so we were talking so much about the lifestyle and that took me completely by surprise. Yeah. And they were really making emphasis on, you know, going natural, that it was just 
better because a lot of synthetics just increase your toxic load. This concept that also I had never heard in my life, like, oh, there's a toxic load. How does that work? And and they were like, through our life, we all are exposed to different things that are not good for us, right? And then the body's able to combat that. But then it gets to the point where the assaults are so frequent and there's so many that the toxic load just overloads. And then different conditions appear. And I had never heard of that <laughs> ever. Yeah. Like, and I remember yeah. thinking back like, wow. And he uses like four or five things, you know, deodorant, the shampoo, maybe like a, like a moisturizer for his hands. I have like a beauty closet, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. a, a million things. So like, it's what's going on. It's like an atomic bomb. It's like exploding in my bathroom every day. And I just became really conscious of it. And then also I started, you know, I started industrial engineering. So I've always had kind of like a scientific mind. So then I started changing my foods, even like the dry cleaners, I changed to like organic dry cleaning. So I don't have to be exposed to all the chemicals involved in dry cleaning. And honestly, the hardest part was my skincare, like with this uh, Swiss skincare line that my mom always used and I grew up using and it was very high tech and very refined and very luxurious. And then when you try to find an alternative for that in the natural world, it was impossible like a lot of things were natural but that's it they weren't as appealing yeah they didn't have like the technology the results the ingredients it was just like simple nice formulas very nice but they were simple they were they're more for people that like minimalistic beauty which there's a lot of people that love minimalistic simple beauty but I am the opposite of that yeah so None of that really worked for me because they, they started a lot of those natural brands, which were pioneers in the space. And I love so many of them, but they were started with a, with a mindset of more of like the Lojas movement. I don't know if you remember that lifestyle movement that was all about like being natural and being sustainable. So a lot of natural skincare was formulated with the main purpose of being natural. And I think that skincare must work right? Like that's the yeah. role of skincare. And then, oh, by the way, it's made with this, you know, it's made with natural yes. ingredients, but it must work because if not, what's the point, right? That's it. You want all of those properties without having to um, settle for lesser results. Yeah. Because then it's like, what are you doing? Like, that's really not skincare. That's something else, you know, that those are other type of products. Um, and then I remember then going back to the department stores and beauty stores and be like, girls, please help me. <laughs> I want <laughs> something natural. And, you know, they show you things with algaes, things with orchids, things with roses, you name it. Every botanical is named. But then, Rose, you turn around the box and you're like, oh, sure, I see four algaes in here. But then I see it mixed with all this industrial chemicals. And then you go and pick up the other box and it's like, oh yeah, I see those orchids in here, but oh my God, the same industrial chemicals and so on. So I became really curious. I'm like, what are these chemicals? Like, why are they in here when they just handed me a brochure on algaes and talking about how algaes are so great and so good for you. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, but it's like, the, if you don't have all the synthetic chemicals then the products won't work. And then like, you're like, but wait, but you just 
gave me a speech on algae's and gave me a brochure on algae's. So <laughs> isn't that what's what? Which one is it? What, what, do, what do you yeah. mean? <laughs> so then I started Googling and I'm like, wait, what is this stuff? Like propylene glycol. And you're like, oh, that's antifreeze. Why is antifreeze in my eye cream and in my shampoo and my creams? And then you Google something else and you're like, oh God, this is petroleum. Like, you know, and then all of a sudden you feel like, but wait, I am not a car. You know, like I, this is like my skincare products. Is this things that are supposed to make my skin more beautiful that I'm putting every day around the most vulnerable, important parts of my body? Yeah. All the ideas that I had around ingredients and everything just fell down. And I was like, wait, what is this all about? And then I started talking to a lot of my friends about it, about don't use this. Be careful with that ingredient. Be careful with uh, hydroquinone. That is a known carcinogen. Like I started like giving people a lot of fear around different things. And I thought like, wait, but that's not me. Like I'm not like someone that's scared of things and I don't want to be in a fear mongering campaign. I'm just really horrified also about the quality of this raw materials. And they were always like, Tata, but there's nothing else out there. Like, why don't you make something? Like jokingly, like, shut up. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's nothing out there that we can use. And I thought to myself, like, yeah, I can't find anything either. So yeah. I don't know how or why I became like in, obsessed with making this happen because I thought to myself, like, I can't be the only person that wants this. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that wants this, but that wants this for real. And, uh, and that's how it all began. I, I, I have no idea where this came from. Like it, I never in my life thought that I would have Tata Harper skincare. Like I was having a completely different life, but I thought to myself, like, there is a reason that I have this desire to make this. There is a reason why and and something deep inside of me just kept me going and kept me motivated to make it happen, despite of how difficult it was to create Tata Harper skincare, because it wasn't just about natural formulas that were completely synthetic free, but it was about how you formulate products, how you start beauty companies and the role of beauty companies and what they should provide for their customers. And so when you started on this journey and you realized this was something that you wanted to do, did you have products particularly in mind? Like I really need a great cleanser and moisturizer, or did you start looking at where you were going to source the ingredients first? Like what did that process look like? I'm always really fascinated. So I wanted to create 12 products because those were the 12 products that I had in my routine. Okay. That's the reason why it took so long too, because I wanted to create a whole regimen not a whole regimen, but like a comprehensive regimen to begin with so that every step yeah. of skincare would be covered. And uh, I remember that one of the first steps was really buying a lot of books on aromatherapy, on herbalism, books on green biology, books on skin biology. And all of the books that I really enjoyed and that I found fascinating, I would go and look up the author and figure out where they were and go and meet with them and talk to them about this line that I wanted to create. Because I also didn't have, you know, like just rewinding a little bit, like my background, like it's not like I am this scientist that found this plant in the Amazons. And then all of a sudden I want to make a skincare line all about this plant. Or I'm also 
I wasn't attached to like one method, meaning this line is not going to be just about the microbiome of the skin, or this line is not going to be just about, you know, the cells health or, you know, I wanted to yeah. incorporate everything. Like I wanted to yeah. open so that this line could really incorporate the best and the greatest things that natural skincare had to offer my clients. And, uh, and that process took like five years, the formulation of our line, because it was not just about, uh, you know, how typically beauty companies begin, right? That it's, you go to a lab, the lab has a lot of bases, those bases, you choose whatever you want to create, and then you change one or two ingredients, you change the scent, you change the color and you're done. Yeah. It's a fairly easy process. And also a lot of those labs thought that I just wanted to be like paraben free or, you know, or that I wanted to just take out like one or two ingredients or just add to their base, like one or two botanicals from Colombia. And I was like, no, 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 no. I want like ground up development. Like, what do you mean that this formula, it's already out in the market and I'm just going to change one or two things. So they thought that I was nuts. So I really had to like learn how to basically break down every component of a formulation of a skincare product and learn how to do that naturally with a lot of the help of different scientists. It's basically creating something that doesn't exist and using a lot of like really obscure raw materials. This wax from olives that, you know, that we bring from Italy. Oh, they're actually amazing to help emulsify the product. But then we have this gum over here from the trees from Senegal. Oh, it result that that is actually an amazing thickener. And, you know, we were discovering so many things. It was just like really exciting to be part of that. And I th think that that's why I just kept going because we were just finding, even though it took a long time and it took a lot of trial and error, we were finding ways to replace every single piece of the formulation of a product. And what I understand is that a lot of these labs that a lot of companies, that the majority of the companies outsource their products to, they just don't do ground up development. Like that, that they are not set up to do that. Yeah. That's not their role to create a product from scratch. And also I wanted the products to not only be 100% natural, but I also was challenging the status quo of just adding one or two ingredients. Like I found that to be a little lousy. I was like, wow, but the skin needs so many things. Like why just vitamin C? So I wanted them to add global technology, multiple ingredients from different parts of the world. And that was just even another challenge that they were not willing to take on. Then after I figured out like the whole formulation and, uh, and I was like on track with that, then the next, uh, step for me was to hire like a couple different experts in the beauty industry to tell me about the rest, like how is the production of this, the distribution, everything else. And what I realized is that also that piece gets normally outsourced to other labs and other subcontractors. So you have the subcontractor that makes your creams. And in that facility, maybe like 50 different brands are created. Um, then it goes to a filler that basically takes your packaging and fills your bottles. And, uh, and, and then ultimately even distributors for the sales of the product. And I kept thinking to myself, so wait, 
So the formulation, it's outsourced to these labs. The production, it's outsourced to these other companies. Uh, the distribution, it's outsourced to this other group of people. What am I doing? And how am I not doing the most important part of my business? Like, I thought that that just didn't work for me. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. And a lot of people do it for multiple reasons. But it just didn't work for me because when I was a client, I had this fantasy that the company that I was buying these things from was the company that was making these things. And then I wanted to keep that alive. Like I wanted to have a real skincare company, like the real deal. Like I wanted to do it all. I didn't want to just be worried about like content production and just sale and marketing and managing logistics of other people doing the stuff for me. So that also was another challenge. I am an engineer and I think that the production of the product is probably the only thing that my clients care about, you know, like they probably don't care about like if I outsource my social media content or my accounting or many parts of the business, but the formulation of the product so that they could have a unique formula, very intentionally made. Yeah. Ingredients work together in a very synergistic way so that you have like the best skin results possible. And that also it's a company that knows how to make their products and sources their ingredients, makes their products, and it's on top of the quality of what they're producing. And I am ultimately responsible to my clients, to what I make. And I think that that is one of the most important jobs that we have. When you did all of this, what was the reaction? I mean, people must have thought, finally, I've got something that ticks all of these boxes, but still feels special, still is in this gorgeous packaging. It just must have been a very emotive reaction that you got. I got all sorts of reactions, right? Like the, the, because people are looking for different things. And also a lot of people felt that I was here threatening, you know, their businesses when I was just really providing an alternative for a group of people that were underserved. Uh, because really yeah. I feel that, you know, they've been marketing one point of view for so many years, right? For so many decades that synthetics are the only things that work, that beauty is so mysterious, you know, like you don't ask a lot of questions because it's always that miracle complex that it's made out of a, no one knows what, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. But in here, I created a company that it's almost the antithesis of all of those things. It's like transparent, all the ingredients and the raw materials were, are derived from nature, you know, like essential oils or oils that are expressed from fruits and nuts and seeds. But then we also buy a lot of biotech that are is also derived from nature, but that grow in cultures that are growing bioreactors that come through fermentation, you know, different processes, but that the actual raw material starts by being grown on the earth. And uh, I honestly rose... I was so focused on my business and I still am and on my clients that I didn't really know what a lot of people had to say. Um, I just remember that the, the, the clients were really excited, really, really excited. And that a lot of the journalist community were really excited and rooting for us. And I think that we're in a time now, Tata, I don't know if you'd agree that people are so hyper-educated about skincare. People are delving in more than ever to ingredients and really want to know what am I using, which ingredients are delivering the best results. And 
They want brands like yours where they know exactly what's gone into it and what they're signing up for when they use it. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. I think that the era of the skin intellectual is here and it's great that people are more informed on ingredients. Um, I hope that they were more informed on what they're buying overall, not just the ingredient, but just like what they're buying altogether, you know, looking for seals, looking for certifications, having an idea of labels. Uh, But I do agree that now people's interest in ingredients is uh, it's grown and it's really exciting. And I think that that has also been uh, behind the hype of a lot of uh, key ingredients, hero ingredients in skincare, because people know about vitamin C, people know about hyaluronic acid, but the reality rose here between you and I, uh, here between you and I and your, um, and your <laughs> is that a lot of those ingredients that are top of mind today are ingredients that have been around for many, many years, you know, for since the eighties and the world of skincare ingredients has extended way beyond what vitamin C does. I mean, vitamin C is a great ingredient. I love it. I love vitamin C. I love HA. I I love vitamin A. I love all of those hero top of mind ingredients and we use them in the formulas. But, But along with those ingredients, there's a slew of other ingredients that come in to give you additional results because vitamin C is a great antioxidant and I love it, but it's not the end all be all of skincare either, right? Like your skin needs so many things aside from antioxidants. Like your skin needs moisture at multiple different levels. Your barrier needs to be improved. You need to stimulate collagen. You need to relax wrinkles. You need to reduce the depth of the wrinkles. The skin also needs vitamins, minerals, omegas. I can go on and on and on, and I don't want to bore anybody here. A lot of those ingredients uh, are are different than vitamin C and vitamin A. Like you, you complement a lot of that with those type of raw materials. And I feel so lucky that I am doing this now, where a lot of the different ingredient laboratories and research groups that develop different uh, raw materials for us, they are so focused on exploring the natural world and also on doing them responsibly and sustainably. So I am at the forefront on so much innovation right now. As you've mentioned, you just touch every area of the business. You're constantly researching new formulas, new ingredients, new things. You have this whole entity to manage what does the balance look like of then coming home and being mommy to three? How does that look like for you day to day? So I grew up with, um, how do you say it? Like my mom was like a really like a woman ahead of her time. She was one of the first women to graduate college in our town. She started business. She was one of the first women to get divorced and and like a remarry, you know, and she (laughs) worked because she was divorced. She had me and my sister and she was a working mom. And I've always had that as an example. And that is so normal to me. So it's never for me. It's been like something special that I do is like, what you know, what every other working mommy do yeah. in, in, in this world. I feel that the best thing for me is to keep organized and plan because that way I can control my schedule 
better and yeah. can kind of like set those boundaries about like, okay, this is the time that I'm working. This is the time that I'm going to be with my kids and they're completely non-negotiable. And, uh, and that's how I stay balanced. But I think that honestly, it's just how a lot of the working moms stay balanced. It's, I don't think that it's anything particular that I do is just getting organized and trying to make sure that you're there for your kids. Definitely. And I think so many people are in the same position and I just wonder what, what do you do for you, Tata? What do you do that is just your time? That's not being a mom, that's not running a business, that is just your switch off if you're having a busy week. So I make sure that I have time to exercise almost every day, at least 45 minutes on physical fitness, whether it's Mm -hmm. running or uh, doing weights. I'm into weights right now. Uh, I feel that weights are very efficient and really helps you maximize the tone. (laughs) (laughs) So exercising, I also take baths every night and I also been uh, meditating once a day. Also, like I've learned this technique to like give yourself massages, like especially like microcirculating massages in your like your legs. So if you're feeling like tired, a lot of those techniques help a lot. Facial massages help tons. Beauty tools help me. I, I actually go to beauty a lot when it comes to self-soothing and feeling better and doing things for myself. A lot revolves around exercise, beauty and meditation. And also decorating. I like I I am a frustrated interior designer. <laughs> so a lot of times when I have free time, my kids, you know, me and my kids were like, move that trunk over there, then move that mirror here. Oh no, 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 no. Let's go back again. And I like I'm in the process of doing that and it's so fun. I love it. Organizing closets, I find very therapeutic, cleaning the house. I find strangely uh comforting. I don't know if it's like the immediate results. No, I'm exactly the same. I, that's what I do to unwind is just get everything in order. Everything in order. It's even even if I, let's say that I come from a party and the house is a disaster, it, I, whatever time I come, I need to get organized. Like I need to like pick up the things that the top put the cushions back in place. Like I, I don't like waking up to a disorganized house. It's like one of those few things that really put me in a bad mood. Definitely. And to be honest, it's no surprise to me to hear that the acts of care for yourself, something as simple as having a bath, all of these things are so rooted in everything I've ever heard you talk about, whether it's the farm, whether it is that family life that you love. And I know that actually one of the things that you did recently that I thought I was not one bit surprised to hear, um, you've just become an ambassador for trees for the future, haven't you? Yes, I love that organization so much. I love what they do. We were actually planning for them, uh, for the founder to come to the farm this summer to do kind of like a, a course to a lot of the local farmers and whoever wanted to come to learn about regenerative agriculture and all of a lot of the things that we believe in that we've been implementing in our farm and in our gardens and teach farmers about new methods new ways of doing things planting a few trees learning about trees and how they capture co2 um obviously that's not going to happen this summer unfortunately but i love what they do i think that it's so important to support uh, organizations that are planting trees because it's honestly the only way to capture CO2 from the environment. 
it's like one of the few effective ways and they're so beautiful we used to have an English teacher at school actually and he had a sign on his wall that said notice every tree and I remember we said to him one day like what does that mean and he said there's so many beautiful trees in the world and when we're busy and running 100 miles an hour and all of the rest of it it can be really easy not to notice them because we're so used to them but if you ever stop and look at them they're lovely and I always remember to do that after that sign yeah so nice another thing I know that you've done Tata recently which I think is just close to everybody's mind and heart at the moment is you set up a support initiative for COVID relief as well, didn't you, within the Tata Harper shop? Yeah, true. Yeah. There was like a month that we uh, were only producing hand sanitizer to just help out a lot of uh, local communities and a lot of our local hospitals, also a couple hospitals in New York. We also sent to a couple of like French hospitals. We've also sent skincare uh, I mean, we've been helping in as much as we can, in as much as yeah. possible for us, and uh, and it's it feels nice to do that, especially now when there's so pe- so many people suffering and uh, and so many people sacrificing so much of their personal life and putting their life at risk in hospitals and uh, healthcare yeah. workers, but also like you know people that are working during this time, like truckers, like I like honestly, like I. I want to send a huge thank you to all the people that are driving all the trucks around and are the lifeline of businesses now, bringing things in, taking things out into the world. Like, like they are invaluable at this time. And this is when you really realize how important their role is. Definitely. And I just think it's great that you use the resources that you had as well and did something to help and support because that's what it's all about at the moment. And there's so many positive things you've done through the brand who do you think when you look at the beauty industry or the the beauty kind of community in general who do you think is inspiring positive change or bringing something good to the table uh, well I think that the industry in general has been making an awesome effort to clean up their act yeah right like I feel that unlike many other industries, the beauty industry has really been there responding to the clients. And I think that that's what it's all about, right? This movement that it's led by the clients that they just want like better things, whatever that is. Everybody has different uh, parameters for wellness. Like wellness is not the same for every single person, but definitely the industry, I think that it's trying and it's trying hard and it's pushing suppliers just like now we're not alone and pushing suppliers to create better packaging, to create more sustainable, responsible solutions. Like uh, I think that there's watchdog organizations that also bring a lot of things to the front of mind. It's like, well, this mica that it's mined by kids, this is not great. Like, you know, sometimes we all get excited with this idea of things being cheap, but then until you realize like what's behind it being cheap and all the decisions that need to happen for things to be like $29.99. And then you're like, well, yeah, <laughs> uh, this is not that great. And I just think that as a collective, we need to also start like weaning off from this idea that everything needs to be cheap because when you source ingredients that are made responsibly, that are fair trade, that are organic, that are natural, 
Then your packaging is also sustainable, made with cartons that are post-consumer, forest certified, with soy inks, with aqueous laminations. Like, you know, we go through so much stuff. <laughs> it's like that stuff are investments. Yeah. And they will never be cheap, you know, unless like slowly more people start adopting them and then you know, you can get more scale and all of these technologies and then it will just be more cost effective for everybody. But like right now, it's like something that I explain all the time. It's like price point is not something that it's arbitrary. It's derived from all the decisions that are made behind the scenes. And I think that just like us, you know, different companies are starting to relook at a lot of things. And, uh, and I think that that's important. I mean, for me, ultimately to call a company sustainable, I think that the product itself, you know, like what they make in and in itself must be sustainable. Yeah. And it's not about like giving money to different organizations just, or just, you know, counteracting like your carbon footprint or just adding this new bioplastic tube. It's, it's a 360 approach. It's almost sustainability needs to be incorporated into many aspects of the business. And more importantly, the product that you produce itself must be sustainable. Definitely. I mean, Tata, you've just made me want to go upstairs and look at the label of every single thing. (laughs) It's just been such an inspiring discussion in terms of the power of doing a bit more research and, you know, looking into everything that we're supporting at the moment and making sure that we're making choices that mean something good to us. And I just think it's really inspiring that you saw a gap for something that you wanted and rather than moan that it wasn't there you went out and made it yourself well I made it with the help of a lot of people you know like I was just there pushing everybody but obviously I I wouldn't be here without this you know without the help of many individuals my team that you know I don't know what I would do without them and and I love that you want to become a more informed consumer because I feel that that is ultimately the best way of taking care of yourself is taking care of responsibility for researching and for example that's why our whole line is certified by EcoCert not just one product but the whole line is certified by EcoCert because this is a third party seal that in this world of clean beauty and gr- clean washing and green washing and so many unsubstantiated terms the best thing that you can do is look for those third party certifications that are not certifications that we need to get at all and uh, and i think that that's the ultimate power that the consumer should be looking for. It's like to understand what they're buying. And I love it that you're uh, that you're going to go and look at all of that. I think I won't be alone, Tata. You've kind of blown my mind in the best possible way. <laughs> but um, it's been so lovely to talk to you. I'm so grateful that you were able to join me today. Um, for anyone that's going to want to reach out and say hello, where can we find you? Uh, you can find us at Tata Harper Skincare on our Instagram, also Tata Harper Skincare. I have my own personal Instagram that it's more like me and my kids and, you know, sometimes very unrelated to the business. <laughs> but yeah, all those all those places. We also have a concierge service for people that don't know where to begin, what products are right for them. But thank you so much, Rose. It was so fun talking to you and uh, stay safe. Oh, no, thank you, Tata. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a review and subscribe. It'd mean the world to me. Have a lovely day and I'll look forward to speaking to you again next time. Bye.